the Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this eighth day of May, right in the middle of the NBA playoffs. A lot of good playoff games here. A lot, lot, lot of good series here. I would say so myself. Uh, very busy day, busy weekend in the wide world of sports. Uh, Going to talk about that Bob Huggins comment he made and why I think he may have simply done that on purpose. Also, Devin Booker. You know, his play reminds me a little bit of Dwayne Wade back in 2006. I'll talk about that, plus uh, what to think of tonight's game between Golden State and the Lakers. There's a a lineup change. Gary Payton will start over Looney. So, yes, Steve Kerr is concerned. He's wanting to double down and go with more of a speed deal there. So I'll talk about that series and more. Uh, We'll go ahead and get our – First and only break out of the way, and I'll come back in 49 seconds and we'll hit the ground running here on Sportscope. Hello, Sportscope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and Sportscope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports. That is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Righty then, I'm back here live now. Okay. So, so Devin Booker, we've kind of known what Devin Booker is. You know, he's uh, Devin Booker's a guy who scored 40, 70 points one time uh, against the Boston Celtics a few years ago. You know, when I seen that, I've been watching Booker since he got out of college here at um, University of Kentucky. And, you know, he's one of these guys, when he's really locked in, he was dating one of the Kardashians at one time. Career kind of took a little bit of a dip, got all a little bit off the uh, horizon there, and and now he he is locked in and focused. I tell you, and the the way he has been playing, I'm looking at some of his stats here, his shooting efficiency, uh, it's out of this world. You know, I mean, it, it is up there with um, with the way Dwayne Wade was playing back in 20. Uh, 2006 here, uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN put out, he said, nobody's ever scored more than 300 points on 70% true shooting in their first nine games of the postseason until Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker is averaging 36.8 points, 61 point. That is, that is super, super elite efficiency. That, that is some mad, uh, uh, efficiency and, 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 um, Laser vision focus. Here's a here's a uh, some of you historians here. Here's a bite from Shaq talking about back in the 2006 finals when the um, Miami Heat got down 0-2 to 
to the Dallas Mavericks. Listen to what Shaq said, uh, a conversation between him and Gary Payton then. Very interesting. Listen up. One day and say, Hey man, you ain't got it. I ain't got it. It's time to give it to the young fella, D Wade. And because I had respect for Gary, we listened and we were able to win four games in a row. That's all we needed four games in a row. Because after that terrible second game, Gary came to the room. I don't even know if he took a shout. Hey man, I ain't going out like this. I was in, you know, LA with you, me, you and Carl. And you promised me, big dog, you get me a ring. We didn't have a fight, but we had that big brother, little brother, Arm. We said, you need to let D-Wade do his thing. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I got it. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we ain't got time for that. So we had that conversation, and we turned the thing over to D-Wade. And, you know, we all agreed, because it was me, him, Posey, Anton. We all agreed that, hey, this young fella show. So those, those names that I named, they hold a special place in my heart, because if it wasn't for them, I definitely wouldn't have four. So love you, Gary. You know how I feel about your big dog. Yeah, yeah, Gary Payton. That was a 34-year-old Shaquille O'Neal. Ironically, Kevin Durant, 34 years old, talking to a 25, 26-year-old Dwayne Wade. Uh, the similarities. So th that is probably similar to the conversation after game one of the, uh, of the Clippers game. I think Durant's probably looking at Booker and saying, we need this out of you, man. We need this out of you. I don't know how uh, my ability is going to be. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you know, we all know that Chris Paul's 37 years old. If you want us to get far in this race and this playoff run, we're going to have to put it on you, okay? Uh, inside, outside, ball to the rim, uh, shooting efficiency. And, and if I'm Durant, you know, I'm 34. That's how old Shaq was, 33, 30, uh, 34 years back in 06. Remember, Shaq was drafted in 1992. Uh, so he was 14 years in the league. Yep, he was exactly 34 years old. So that being said, I still like Denver in this series. But the flip side, the flip side to that particular series is that the Joker, yeah, he got his 52. But he's got to look at, you know, Aaron Gordon and, of course, Murray. Now, Murray had 28, and he's going to have to tell these guys, listen, Michael Porter Jr., I know that the media is on us right now. They're praising us. These podcast shows like mine, these web shows like mine, they're praising us. we got the number one seed. We're favored. Um, but they're not going to give it to us. We're going to have to take it from them. Remember, this, this uh, Suns team was humiliated at home in Game 7 last year. What don't kill you make you stronger. Now, Michael Jordan says you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. And they got humiliated by Dallas last year in their own backyard when we all thought they was going to win the championship. Remember, they were up 2-0 uh, and blew that lead against Milwaukee the year before that. Milwaukee wins four straight. So this is molded a Devin Booker. Now, my prediction was Denver and seven. I still stick by that because they've got the home court advantage. But you never know how a Jamal Murray may hold up. And, of course, uh, the other side is how, how long is, is a Kevin Durant going to show up? So uh, very good series as advertised, as I predicted. 
didn't think Booker would be this efficient. Thought he'd be efficient because he always is. But um, I like that with Shaq. Mid hey, look, man, these are young yet legs. This is a stallion. Let my ego put the ego aside. Gary Payton put his ego aside. Uh, that that's what if I'm Chris Paul and I'm Shaq and that bunch or and Durant and uh, even Aiton. Let's just get behind Booker, get him more shots, man, because he's the only way that's going to lead us to the way. Uh, they're, but they're still simply going to have to get more free throw shots if they want to win this series. And again, Denver, hey, look, man, they're not going to give it. You got to take it. You got to take it. Um, also, side note here. Okay, now, this Matt Ishbia, uh, this owner here of the – Denver uh, of the Phoenix Suns. Now, remember, this guy played on the 2000 National Championship Michigan State team. Uh, he's a billionaire. He bought. He just recently bought this team. And uh, there was an incident where he was holding the basketball and would not give the ball back on a in and out. Uh, this was in the crowd. Uh, would not give the ball back to the Joker. Joker uh, shoved him, took the ball out of the way. Joker was not suspended today. Uh, he was, I think he fined 25000 I would simply uh, find, um, find that owner, by the way. I think I don't think he was too far out of line. I think he's excited. He's got too caught up in the moment. But I'd find him about 500000 because he is the owner. He should know better. He should know better. I thought about simply thinking, I wonder if we should put up barriers between the crowd and the uh, players, then I thought to myself, no, nah, that, that would be too much of a hassle. I would simply read these, uh, the fans, and this will say in this ticket stub, it'll say when you get these tickets that if you if you interfere with the game, uh, if you say uh, over-the-top offensive language and curse words, uh, you will be removed from the stadium, uh, any personal thing. So I would just give them the riot act. Uh, I don't know if I would I would do anything as far more as that as far as the barrier. They could put a barrier there, but it, you know if, if the the court if you got guys running out of loose, I mean it just looks like that was going to be more trouble there. But this is when you've got the air quote fan experience. This is what you're going to get. This is you know that's driven by greed. I get it, but the flip side is you're going to have that kind of confrontation. Uh, of course, the owner, he should know better, and I'd find him big time, at least 500000 Okay. Um, let me go back to the top of – let's see. Devin is a man. Carlos says uh, Aiton needs to go. Yeah, Aiton is not fitting in. Remember I mentioned that Phoenix and Durant? Went to, yeah. Yeah, Carlos says that about Aiton and everybody. Um they don't use him correctly. Aiton gets benched. Yeah, Aiton's just not. And here's the thing. Steve Kerr, the hero of the last series, was, um, oh, God, well, Kevin Looney, in my opinion. The hero of the King series, that's a good transition, was Kevin Looney. All right, uh, 21 rebounds. That doesn't count. His inside defense, his uh, tip backs, all that good stuff. For Golden State, now he's not even starting. Gary Payton's going to start tonight. Uh, they're going to go super small in L.A. And, again, I said I thought that would be Lakers in six. 
Uh, you're Jason McIntyre's and Colin Cowherd's. They're picking Golden State in six. I'm picking Lakers in six. Well, Golden State's going to have to win, what, uh, three straight? I don't think they'll do that. I think the Lakers will win tonight. This will be about a five-point game either way. Uh, I don't think they're going to win those 27 points. Uh, the Lakers are simply getting the ball to the rim more. I looked up. I looked this up the other day, or the other day, earlier today, and the truth of the matter is, it's still the same. It, it's still the same as it was earlier. Sixty-three to thirty-three. Oh yeah, uh, sixty-three free throw attempts for the Lakers, thirty-three for Golden State. Uh, no, excuse me, they hit. Uh, 33, shoot 50%, 39 free throws, 39 free throws for Golden State in this series to 63. I mean, that is, that's practically double. And mind you, mind you, two of these games have been played in Golden State, you know, and that used to be the old adage that you, you win games in the paint, and if you live by the three, you die by the three. That used to be the old adage. Now it's take more threes, even if they're not falling. So, you know, whether Davis stays healthy, uh, who, who in the heck knows? But eventually, eventually, and I'm surprised it hasn't already happened, that it's going to catch up with Golden State playing small all the time and their three-point shooting. Uh Again, Steve Kerr, I'd give the guy credit. He, he's got a lot of guys to buy in, to play defensive down low, to play unselfish basketball between great Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. He's fit in. They moved off Wiseman. Carlos, that's kind of a, a familiar situation if you look at DeAndre Ayton. They moved off Wiseman. Looney is not the right man. And I don't know why. I guess, I guess uh, Anthony Davis is eating him alive. But this lineup, and I don't know how long they're going to stay with this lineup. I don't know how long they'll stay with this lineup with Gary Payton, uh, with, with Gary Payton, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and um, Clay Thompson. That is super small right there. Uh, but, but but we'll see how it plays out. You know, uh, the guy's got four rings. But, uh, you know, the, the Lakers, not just with Davis, they're role players. The, uh, LeBron's not getting too many minutes. He's pacing himself right. I, I, I just look for this to be a really good matchup for the Lakers tonight. Now, of course, hey, listen, uh, you know, Steph get hot from the three ball. They, they can win that way. I'm not ready to count anybody out. But that they're winning the old-fashioned way. High percentage shots, defense, and, uh, and running guys off the perimeter. And, and winning with size. And they're they're one of the few teams that's consistently made so far Golden State pay for not having that lack of size. <sighs> but hey, we've got a good series here. We got a real good series here. Uh Pickle says uh Booker is playing some good D too. Yeah, he's all in, man. Booker's all in. Aiton can get him 25, uh, but his head's not in the game. So yeah. I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe it's the pace of play. 
It's too much for Aiton. He seems to be out of place. Uh, but that being said, hey, look, they're tied up. They're going back to Denver. Uh, some some have said, uh, if you look deep into the analytics, I was listening to a show saying that the team's playing better without Chris Paul. Well, hey, the guy's 37 years old, you know. He's 37 years old. Uh, he's, he's ran out of gas. He's not going to even be back to game five. Yeah. And Pickle says, the owner should be fine make it hurt. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe it. I'll throw the book at him and say, you didn't know, now you know, Mr. Matt. Uh, young guy like that, he should know better, man. And and Carlos says uh, the games are uh, annoying. Fans are annoying at games. The, the tickets are too expensive. Uh, the fans are simply, uh, you know, come in there all liquored up and stuff. It's just not worth it to me. I'd rather watch a game on TV. Same in football. By the way, I got ahead of myself today. I wanted to hit the ground running because I know games are being played. Wednesday, I want to say, Wednesday, John Rostano is on. Uh, he'll be on talking about the Bears. I want to go over the Bears draft with him, the Bills. I'm going to get his uh, opinion on the playoffs, but go back even closer. Rich Ferris returns to the program from Cumulus Radio. Going to ask him tomorrow at 30 minutes past the hour. I don't know what's up with this lighting on this thing. But uh, Rich Ferris will be back on the program tomorrow. And we'll be talking about, uh, I'm trying to get his feel for what does he think about the Titans draft, plus the AFC South. Uh, Also, there's a story about uh, Justin Fields is having a really good uh, early count. That's something I'm going to ask. John from Spitball and Sports will be on Wednesday, not unless something changes with his schedule. And, of course, tomorrow, Rich Ferris returning back. Rich got a lot of information. Very good guest. Very good guest. Very helpful. I apologize, folks. I'm battling the cold. It's very beautiful here this time of year in Nashville, but but the pollen's really hot. And uh, my face feels like it weighs about 150 pounds. Just had to take a um, Benadryl before I came on to the uh, program this evening. So, anyways, yeah, so it, it's it's a good playoff so far. I, I think that uh, – you know, there's no great teams this year. Uh, I thought Boston was going to run rough shot, and, and, that, and that's a good transition. Uh, Boston, there's just there, there's something else that needs to be talked about in Boston. And, you know, it, as long as Tatum and Jason, uh, Tatum and Brown have played together, there's still a lack of communication between these two guys. Uh, I think it was Jason Mackin. I want to give him credit. I want to say this feels like a C.J. McCollum, uh, Damian Lillard, except these players have had more success on the court. Uh, I think I want to say uh, Brown, Jalen Brown only took like three shots in the fourth quarter. But this team, it's just him hauling around. You look at that game, and it was a good game, very good game. I watched the majority of that game, actually. came on uh, 3.30 Eastern on on Sunday. And I'm watching this game, and you're looking at a guy like a Joel Embiid. He hangs on to the ball too long. You know he's not 100%. uh, Multiple turnovers, taking bad shots. and, 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 And Boston simply cannot 
capitalize that on that until the very end of the game. Uh, you know, Tatum, he misses one three. He takes another one. He misses another one. Uh, worst first half I've ever seen him play. Now, he ended up with 24. I don't know how he got that 24. I don't think he scored a single point. He's one for six from three. Uh, and, and they still almost won that game, you know. But when you got the ball, 18 seconds, this is simple math. Now, I don't, you know, I've been pounding this coach here, this Joe Mazzula here from Boston for a while. And my thing about him is uh, you can tell about the little situational basketball that he's bringing up. Okay, I'm okay with what he did by not calling a timeout getting the ball with 18 seconds and running it down because you don't want the defense to get set. You, you, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want the defense to get set. But if you're Jason Tatum and you're getting that ball inside like that, go ahead and take the shot, man. Don't flip it outside when you're down by one and take a three. And why run it all the way down that low anyways? At least give yourself two seconds you know, we know what happened, obviously. Uh, Smart takes a three. Uh, he took it too late. They lose. They lose the game. But that 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 is where this era that we're in irritates the crap out of me. I just talked about how the Lakers are winning old school. Pound the ball inside, inside out. Take the three when it's available. I'm not saying abandon the three. But I'm also not saying let's not abandon the mid-range jump shot. You know, we just came up on the anniversary last week of Michael Jordan over Greg Elo. I want to say they were the Bulls in 89 were at eighth seed and they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, was that a three? No, because they were down by one, I want to say. And Jordan hits that shot in the middle of the uh, center court there. And, 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 of course, we all know what happened. So Tatum seems so reluctant to take the big shot. Now, if Brown's going to take the big shot, uh, he, Brown said, maybe I should have took Yeah, you probably should. Because Tatum is scared. That even though the talent's there, this is two years now I've seen this, where the ball is like a hot potato. You know, I want to say they lost that game one the same way. No, you take a shot. No, you take the shot. Look, man, if you're dead, and, I, and I, I'm going back to the game one play where I want to say it was Horford, or, or and I, I think it was Tatum or Brogdon. Those two guys' favorite when they're in a hurry. I can't see them. Uh, what jersey number? But when you're inside within three feet, just take the shot, man. Just take the freaking shot. You know, uh, I, I, and I, I don't want to sound hypocritical. Yeah, I do like good ball movement. Uh, but I think there's could be too much ball movement where you're simply getting cute. You're overthinking the room here. Uh, if, if, if take the higher percentage shot, get the shot, especially if you're Tatum and you've missed. You went one for six for three, but that's that's the same thing. And I, part of this, I really don't even want to blame this Joe Mazzula guy because it, it looks like this team is very three point dominant. You know. Uh, there's just not a, a consistent flow with them at times where 
uh, nobody wants to offend the other person. There's just not an alpha in there to take over and say, uh, and maybe that guy's Marcus Smart, but he's not really the talent there. It's but really when it comes to scoring, it's between Jalen Brown and, and, and Tatum. Tatum is very uh, hot and cold. Brown can get – he is better on the drive. It don't look as pretty, but he is more efficient on the inside. So, uh, you know, of course, that goes back to coaching. The coach is not speaking up. And, of course, they obviously um, – the, uh, Corey knows. Corey knows. <laughs> that was one of the most frustrating games I've ever seen from Boston. It's one thing if you're down by 25, uh, you get your guys in foul trouble, and you've got a guy like Joel Embiid dominating you. I thought Embiid was tired at the end. I thought he was a liability. You know, I, I like the, the quick-wittedness of, of an Al Horford uh, getting that ball loose and, and making those turnovers. But but they just can't do nothing. They're like, here, I'm gonna take no look, man. If you gotta if you got a lane to the basket, just take it and slam it. Okay. Uh, uh get let, let your friend get it next time. Uh opportunity will present itself. Other words, just let the game freely flow the way it should be and not sit there and check and see who's got what shots. Just just, just be assertive. Let the game sometimes the defense is gonna dictate that. Now, that would have been a great shot. That would have been a great play call if you're down by three at the very end of the game. But if you're down by one, why are you taking the three in the first place? So it, it, that is a lot of overthinking the room, guys. Uh, and Pickle says um, he's in over his head. Yeah, yeah, that guy's over his head. Boston gay, and, and it's really sad. Uh, I like the defensive. Uh, I like I like the unsung heroes in a lot of these games, guys of, of Robert Williams and of Al Horford. Now, look, you know, obviously the team that won, <laughs> um, although it was it was uh, Christmas in May in Philadelphia, I just had the Philadelphia sports guy on, and uh, he is complimenting uh, Doc Rivers because he's coaching circles around this Joe Mazzella guy, right? You know, he, he's coaching circles around this guy. Um, but James Harden, you know, if you're in Houston tonight, I got my red Houston uh, maroon color tile. If you're in Houston tonight, you're, you're looking at this 33-year-old James Harden. You're thinking, where was this at when we had you, man? You know, you finally either, either you gave up on the strip clubs or you're not staying that long in the strip clubs. But where is this guy at five, six years ago when when we had a young, vibrant team around him? If he played like this a few years ago against that goal, I think they would have won one of them games and they would have beat Golden State. You know, uh, I, I, think, I think if he played like he is now, unselfish, winning is everything, take the shot when needed, James Harden, he attracts a bigger talent. Maybe he doesn't win with Chris Paul because Chris Paul gets injured every year in the playoffs. Uh, but maybe he attracts somebody even a bigger name than a, than a Russell Westbrook. You know, maybe he attracts a trade from an Anthony Davis or somebody like that of that nature. Because he is playing 
the most headiest basketball uh, IQ-wise of his entire career. You know, kudos to James Harden. But, man, now, now that your physical peak is gone, uh, he could still give it to you in um, in short clips, Pickles. Uh, 33-year-old James Harden there. Um, I still like Boston to win the series, but Boston, you, you're making your life harder than it has to be. You really are. Uh, that hot potato, overthinking it, man, that is frustrating to watch, I tell you. Brown doesn't trust himself on the road. You know something? There's just not a, there's just not a lot of uh, trust anywhere on that team. It, it's like they, they like each other, but they're not communicating, and they've been with each other a long time. That's what kills me. That's why I think a lot of this probably is coaching. And maybe you consider maybe sending one of those guys. Maybe maybe move Tatum, you know. Maybe you consider if this thing doesn't work out, it, it really has to be a discussion. You know, Jason McIntyre, he, he, I, I, I beat him on a lot of his picks. He works with Fox Sports. But he said, you know, this started to seem like a, a C.J. McCullum, Damian Lillard, when two guys do the same thing, they're like playing the same role. They get along. They like each other. They get along. But they, it, it just seems like they can get more out of this thing, you know. And um, – it is one of the more frustrating things I've ever seen. Uh, just a lack of sense of urgency from a lot of different angles there. Harden playing big boy back. Yeah, he's playing like a grown-up pickles. He's playing like a smart guy who's playing well. Let me check on this game. Speak, You know, here at the playoffs, it is kind of rough doing 28-29. Um, 29-28 at the end of the first quarter here. Uh, Miami and the Knicks, which is a good transition. Now, I'll say this. Uh, Quickly's out tonight. It looks like Grimes is going to play. Um, this is where I'll give a guy like a Carlos a little bit of leeway. But let me look and see before I open my mouth here. Uh, yeah, Deb Derek Rose and Evan Fournier have not have not checked into the game and probably won't check into the game. Go figure. And now it's 56-48, um, almost at halftime. And it looks like Miami's simply the better team. You know, it, it's uh, they were only three games difference from the Knicks coming into this playoff. Miami just underachieved coming in. You know, they, they, they were flat-footed in that play-in game. And, and got beat by Atlanta. Atlanta shot them out. They, they got the same problem that the Knicks do, except they're uh, a, a little bit better coached, a little bit better environment, more seasoned. There are more of us. Remember, this team was in the finals a few years ago. I'm a bubble year, but still, you're going a few rounds in some serious basketball. This Knicks team, who I thought was deeper, looked better coming on, had home court advantage, Looking at Judge Butler uh, hobbling around, but he's tough as nails. There was reports the other day that his ankle looked like a baseball. And he still comes out and beats the Knicks. But the, the game that the Knicks won, they struggled to win that. So, you know, 
if you look at this Knicks team, you could t- they think that they're playing on house money. They they think they're playing on house money. And you know, I like Thibodeau, but for whatever reason, he will not play going back to last November and last December, I want to say with Derrick Rose. He will not play Evan Fourier and Derrick Rose. I don't know if they're not playing the right amount of defense. Uh, if ownership is saying play the younger players, play the younger player. But at this point, you're lacking scoring ability. You, you, you're going in scoring droughts. Uh, if you're doing that, you've got to toy with the lineup. And I don't know if he's being micromanaged, if that's just the way he is or whatnot. But I would definitely play role. He's not hurt. I looked it up. He's not hurt. Or Fournier. I didn't see anything for Fournier. And so you're looking at this eight seed. There's really only three games worse than you are. No Tyler Hero. And you're getting guys like Duncan Robertson and just coming up and showing up. So I'm thinking maybe Miami wins this thing in five or six games. And that's a shame. Um the, the, the Knicks are simply going to have to get that consistent score. Uh, they're going to have to make some changes. I, I'd like to see him keep Thibodeau, maybe get an offensive coordinator if I was talking in baseball terms. Uh, they're going to have to do that to make the next step here because they're just not getting enough consistency there from the scoring standpoint. And maybe they do move off Randall. You know, maybe he's got to the point in his career now uh, you know, 12 points. I mean, he's having a pretty decent game tonight. But Barrett, seven points there, uh, two for five. Uh, Quentin Grimes, I mean, they're playing okay, I guess. But uh, it, it just seems like that they know they're playing on, um, uh, I mean, scored less than 50 points here at halftime, 56-48. They know that they're playing on uh, uh, house money. And there, there, there's not enough sense of urgency to win this game or win this series. So, you know, go figure. And, and then now you got the winner, and that's why if you're if you're Boston, you know, you're toying around with this 76ers team who doesn't have to – they have their own problems. Tobias Harris, I, you know, that was that's the biggest – mystery of everybody you know guys got a lot of money thought he was going to fit in really well with this crew and simply has not uh if i'm if i'm philly i try to move on for him and i want to lean more into maxi i like his athletic his spurt i know he's not doing great in the stat board uh lean into guys like maxi and of course harden who's got that player option like jamie Paggs said uh, you know, but he'll be 34 next year. He's along long in the tooth. And and then, of course, Embiid. I think you could probably try to move Embiid if you could get someone close to him because he's also injured. He's injured every playoffs, by the way. Nobody really mentions that because he, he finds a way to play some of these games. The truth of the matter is he's another guy. Bigs don't all of a sudden stop. Once they start really getting injured, especially guys with, with his body frame, they're going to continue uh, to be in straight. Yeah. And Pickle says Spolstra, uh, yeah, he's out coaching Spags, right? Uh, he's out coaching Thibodeau. Uh, now remember he, he, he coached 
that LeBron team up to a championship when LeBron wanted outing. Of course, you know, Pat Riley's got his back. Mr. Loomis got his back. Uh, the owner there, Mickey Aris, I think is his name. I, I can't get his name mixed up with the general manager of the uh, New Orleans Saints. But anyway, that, and, that, and that's usually why you have a good uh, winning culture there. I'm surprised that they haven't put together even a better squad down in Miami uh, around Butler. But they're going to have to get that other score. Uh, and Pickle says, hard will, put, hard will take the money. Uh, yeah, I think it's like an $18 million. It's something like that. But Harden knows. Harden knows this is towards the end for him. And uh, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Because, man, he was a well of a player at 28. But we'll see. A lot a lot of very close series here. You know, 2-2 two, two everywhere, it seems like. So, uh, uh Pretty much as advertised, I thought Miami, I thought the Knicks would play a little bit better. I thought Denver would be up 3 uh, 1. But hey, Booker, kudos, man. He, he pulled a he pulled a Dwayne Wade. Okay, switching gears here. Now, Bob Huggins, this is an interesting story. This broke this afternoon. Bob Huggins is the um, West Virginia coach, West Virginia basketball. And guy's 69 years old, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Bob Huggins. Uh, you know, he he's got he signed a two-year extension, uh, which this past year, and his contract will run through 2027. Now, remember, he he went to West Virginia, Bob Huggins, and he gets on the radio today. And, and says a um, homophobic slur, and it's one of the oldest slurs ever to say. This is not just, you know, this is the politically correct cancel culture. And this slur right here, uh, you know, instead of the G, gay, the F word, okay? And I'm just calling it the, the other F word, okay? And when I was living in New York, you, you know, a lot of you don't know me uh, all the way. I went to uh, went to New York to become an actor back in 2001. And I met up with this one casting director. He was trying to put me, this guy did, uh, he did one movie called Telling Nicholas for HBO. Uh, I think his name was like James Ron Nichols or something like that. And, you know, I, I meet up with him up in this really nice, you know, pool table-like apartment, you know, condo off of a uh, village voice ad back in them days. And he was telling me, he said, man, you're really good for this part. But it was too much, you know, nude and stuff. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. And something, I said, man, that kind of, you know, bleeps like an F word. And he said, don't say that in this industry. He said, use, I said, what am I supposed to say? He said, use the word, uh, the G word, gay. So that was, that was over 20 years ago. That was politically incorrect uh, then, that 20 years ago. So listen to Bob Huggins on a listen to, to, to Bob Huggins here on a radio station talking about the Xavier fans. Now that's a crosstown robbery. This was a uh, a radio station 
W WLW radio show in Cincinnati. Bob Huggins here. Took a little shot at me. Hello. Coach Bob Huggins, you're on the air. I'm sitting here with Steve Muller in the segment. Steve Muller. Yeah. Why would, what would make you think I wanted to talk to you? <laughs> hey, Coach. Now, we're telling the Huggins stories, but we had a cut at which you kind of took a little shot at me as not being a trustworthy person. Would you want to revise and extend those remarks? Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, Hubs, I told him I thought it was misunderstood. Take it out of context. It was out of context. It's a long bit. Listen up. Uh... I don't know. It just—it must have been. It must have been my thoughts at the time. <laughs> now, Steve also tells me that you have the best portal transfers. Have you have you posted any Xavier guys to come to oh, play for West Virginia? Catholics don't do that. <laughs> no, we're we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah, you... um, absolutely. I mean, you you. I tell you what, any, any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, my God, they can get away with anything. <laughs> I, 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 rubber penis. Was this I like think that was at the Crosstown shootout. Well, I think it was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags. I think. <laughs> all right. Now you can hear. The nervous laughter from the radio host, like, oh, oh, he, he didn't cross the line, Pickles. He didn't cross the line. Listen to that again. Those Catholic F words that rhymes with maggot. It was a cross-town shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags. Right? Then he doubled down and said it again. All right. They were, they were envious they didn't have one. <laughs> Envious. I mean, it's actually pretty funny, but I wouldn't have used that terminology there. I said, whoa, coach, man, you're trying to kill me. I got, I got bills to pay. So you say, well, why did you talk about the extension? I, he knows. I, I'm just, I, this is, this is what I don't know to be fact. I don't know this to be fact, but just call it a hunch. They mentioned the transfer portal. And if you listen closely, that's a little bit of sarcasm there. Uh, this team, they, they got put out early in the tournament last year. They underachieved a year before that. Uh, he's sliding. He's sliding. You know, 69-year-old Bob. Now, I'm thinking, just just call, just call it a care. Think about the coaches the old school coaches that have left college football, okay? All right? Uh, or college basketball, excuse me. I digress here. Jay Wright, Villanova, uh, re retired, still like, what, 60? 60, you know, Roy Williams, Mike Shisetsky, uh You had the coach there, uh, Noel Calhoun, a few years ago. But you had the Syracuse coach. He retired. So I don't know if this is coincidence or not. I think that uh, it makes me think about there's an episode of Seinfeld where George tried to get out of this contract uh, and get fired purposely, you know, from George Steinbrenner uh, with the Yankees. But I think he he saw this as an opportunity to get canned. So later on, that was earlier than about 1 o'clock. So he puts out this statement, Bob Huggins, 
like I said, this is just my own personal theory. I think he wants to retire, but he wants some retirement money, and he must have it in his contract. If I say something off color, y'all still going to pay me. Now, if you want to fire me for, you know, not coaching well, that's fine too. I didn't, it seems like he wants that extra money and wants to move on. He says, earlier today on the Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the robbery between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier. During the conversation, I used completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there's simply no excuse for, and I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to individuals, and I've offended that I have offended as well as Xavier University, University of Cincinnati, West Virginia, as I share with my players over my 40 years coaching. There are consequences for my words and actions, and I will fully accept any coming my way. In other words, if you want to fire me, pay me, and I walk away in the sunset. That's the way I read that. That's the way. You know, the, uh, that was a guy in cable news got fired about two weeks ago, Don Lemon from CNN. And Don Lemon from CNN, uh, long story short, once they went anti-Trump, this got away from everything, and, and and the boss got fired. The guy, I think his name is Jeff Zucker with CNN. Once uh, they started losing money, and, and Zucker got fired, uh, the new management wanted to do away with Don Lemon. But, you know, the guy's gay, he's black, whatever. He cried, he, and, but they didn't want to fire him. They didn't want to fire him. So what they did was, and I've seen this in corporate America too, and my job, my old job, my security job, they moved him to days. They moved Don Lemon to, to days instead of prime time at night. They demoted him. And then they put him on a panel with two women. And once they did that, he made a comment. He made it look like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. But he made a comment about Nikki Haley's age, saying 50 is not the new prime. And he played dumb. He said, wait, Google it. Google it. It's not a woman's prime. Google it. And he knew that women post 40, 50 that were on that set, he knew he offended them. He, he knew what he was doing. He wanted them to fire me. He got his wish two weeks ago, but this was like a month ago. He wanted them to fire, you know, so he can collect the rest of his uh, uh, contract money and then, then move on to something else. And, you know, they kept him around, and then he ends up moving on. They, they, they fired him anyways a couple of weeks later. And, but but uh, I think Bob Huggins wants to get fired. Uh, he knew, I mean, that word... I mean, that is way out there. That is, he knows that. But um, that's college sports today, that, that, particularly college basketball. Again, Jay Wright, Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams. Uh, Wright's only 60. Remember, Wright won, what, back-to-back -back national He won two championships in three years. And, of course, like I said, the guy, I can't remember the old man up there, uh, in, in Syracuse, he just retired. So I think that that's what it was. The Huggins just said, you know, with, with the transfer portal, this NIL stuff, you know, and, and, and the, the recruiting is so good at Kentucky right now 
But I'm sure Kyle Apart thought about if this doesn't work out with this next class, they got put out early too. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got a lifetime contract down in Kentucky. He wouldn't want to get fired. You said, man, you got some crazy theories. Now, he, he, yeah, Bohan, he was, he was um, definitely, uh, you know, Jim Behan, thank you, Pickles. Jim Behan, he says, if they want me to leave, I'll leave. That's what Jim Behan said. In other words, you can fire, just pay me, because I'm tired of dealing with this crap anyway. So uh, that would be a good question for the next college coach that I have on. How do you deal with this? And maybe I'll bring on um, Al Borges. I've been reading his book is good. Uh, I've had him on the program before, uh, that former offense coordinator of Notre Dame. And he said, he said something interesting in that book. He said, Denard Robertson, who I thought had a lot of talent in Michigan, folks. Uh, he said, man, that dude always fell asleep in, in the, uh, he always fell asleep in the film room. You know, Denard, wake up, man. Wake up. Wake up. He said, but I thought, man, that guy's talented all get out. You know, quarterback used to play for Michigan. And I was thinking, I was reading this book over the weekend. I think nowadays, if him and Al Borges, who's also a Michigan University of Michigan offense coordinator, that guy may have ran and transferred. Back then, back then, like 11 years ago, right? Back then, you had to sit out a year. To do a tra- now you just get in the portal and be gone. You know, you get in that portal and, and, and be gone. Now, I'll say this. This leads up to another take here, and I didn't even put it in the uh, – I didn't even put it in my title because I thought I wouldn't have enough time to cover everything. Um, I think that the portal is, is so good for some coaches to go from zero to hero – but I think the strategy that Deion Sanders is doing, Pickles, out there in Colorado, and it annoys the heck out of these other coaches in basketball and football, that Deion, he's trying to be one and done. I really think, I don't think he likes Denver. Uh, I can kind of tell, and or Boulder or whatever. He don't like Boulder. Uh, that team was 1-11. And they are transferring players. He said it's 40%. It feels like 80% of transfers that they're bringing in there. He's pushing really hard to, to, to get those transfers in there. I think he's going to be one and done. He's going to turn this into a nine-win team. And soon as one of those big ACC or per, uh, particularly SEC jobs come open, I don't know what could. Maybe Ole Miss could come open. Um something of that nature. Soon as one of those jobs come up and I can see him being one and done. Pull it very Bobby Petrino. Uh it doesn't look good for Dion to do that. I, I think he should stay at least three, four years. Uh try to wait out a class. You know, I know Kyle although you know coaches do it all the time. Don't get me wrong. I State Saban did it in the NFL. But you know, stay through one class there. But I got a feeling he he's trying to be one and done. But again, this that transfer that is really really trying to uh, uh, the So I, that would be a question to bring Al back on pickles. Is how do you deal 
with this tidal wave of uh, uh, players who want to come out and, and, and you have to play the transfer portal game to get players in. I say USC got like a defensive tackle the other day. You know, Drake May. Uh, he, I was reading, you know, we got the NFL coming up. Uh, the NFL draft for next year supposed to be a much higher graded quarterback draft. Drake May was offered millions, the quarterback for Carolina, to transfer from Carolina to the uh, SEC. You know, and technically that's tampering. But, uh, he, you know, he's from this area. He stayed there. But Huggins, yeah. And Pickles says that statement, that statement sounded like, you know, that statement sounded like something out of uh, uh, a PR firm, you know. That uh, it sounded like something out of a PR firm. And, and, you know, it probably was. And I, I bet he's thinking, well, you know, whatever you want to do. But he says, whatever consequences you want to do, just do it. Like George Costanza, I'm just driving around in the parking lot. So Costanza on Seinfeld, Pickles, he takes that championship trophy from the 96 Yankees and he puts it on, on a car and he's driving around in the parking lot and the thing is scraping the ground, hoping that George Steinbrenner will fire him so he can get the rest of his contract and not have to work there anymore. I just thought it was funny. I think I think Huggins is shooting for it. The reason why I'm saying all this is one Fox reporter says uh, Bob Huggins' career is over with. And, then, and I was thinking, career is over with? What happened? You know, I thought maybe he had a health scare or something. For him to say something like that, that's unbelievable. Pickle says the, the, the public relations drafted that. Um, so anyways, folks, tomorrow... Uh, you know, I'll bring in, uh, like I said, Rich Ferris will be back here tomorrow. Uh, Rich works with Cumulus. Now, Cumulus and 104.5 Zone, they cover the Titans. He has uh, somewhat of inside access, okay? Uh, they're the flagship. They're the team that, that covers the games. Uh, he, he meets, he's met some of the players. Uh, I'm sure he's met some of the coaches. I know he's met Mike Keefe who's called these games since the Titans have been here in Nashville. Uh, so he's got some insight. He'll, he'll be back on the program tomorrow. And I want to get his uh, his take on this AFC uh, South out and out of the draft has came through. He'll be on 30 minutes past the hour. And we're going to talk about that and break that down. And uh, John Bristano, John, if you're out there, He'll be on the program Wednesday, I want to say, 30 minutes past the hour. Yeah, and I'm going to ask him, uh, there's a story out of Chicago that, that Fields is light years ahead of where he was this year, this time last year, you know, uh, that Justin Fields, you know, with, with, I, I thought about this. I thought, you know something, I, I would think if you get the kind of players that they brought in, that should, if that don't motivate a quarterback to get in there and work, especially if you get a DJ Moore like that, and uh, they went out and signed some new running back. I mean, they've got uh, Daryl Wright at left tackle, uh, guy out of Tennessee at left tackle there. 
They've made a lot of trades. They've got some help on defense. So, uh, they, they, you know, Fields has got it. He's going to be able to get the ball back more. He's going to have more time to throw, and he's going to have more open targets. So the ball's in his court to be successful. And I'm going to say, ask John, what does he think about that draft? Is he as high on it as I am? I was pretty high on it, pretty high on the draft. Um, and, of course, he's out of Niagara Falls. Going to ask him about Buffalo as well, get his – take on Kincaid there and the Bills draft and, and see if, if, if it really is just McDermott. So that's on Wednesday. And, and I may try to get another guest on Thursday, Kareem. Uh, another guy, uh, I'll see what he thought about the Titans as well. But I don't – Kareem ain't got back to me. I know he's busy. But either way, great show tonight. I'm going to get off here, watch the rest of this game. It looks like it's going to be Miami series, but who knows? Who knows? It looks like it's going to be their series. But, again, the Knicks seem to be playing on house money. I like the Lakers tonight. Close game within five to go up 3-1. But, hey, you know, when you're, when you're fighting a champion, Rudy Tomjanovich says you can never underestimate the heart of a champion. Remember that, folks. So I'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, here on Sports Scope. Thanks, guys.